Yo, yo, yo. Welcome to Meteorologist and Dog, a podcast about all things weather-related and outdoor activities, most particularly weather-related items. I'm meteorologist Lanny Dean, and uh, of course, you can't see him, but my dog Omaha is here with me, and uh, we're going to try to discuss a little bit of weather. I think we've got some ongoing weather coming in. As I said, this podcast will probably be mostly about weather-related topics, outdoor-related topics. I'm a very outdoor kind of guy. I like to hunt and fish and just in generally be outdoors in general. And I think what we would like to do is to expand on that uh, in the sense that we're able to bring you guys some information about upcoming weather events and kind of uh, look into what we do and who I really am, who Omaha really is. And weather is not just our passion, it is our life. So this podcast is about weather, everything weather related and outdoor related, life in general, if that kind of makes sense. So without further ado, let me kind of explain myself a little more and Omaha. We'll start off with Omaha. Omaha is a five-year-old black lab. I purchased Omaha years ago, about five years ago. Got him when he was seven weeks old and started training him from that point on. He is actually one of my hunting dogs, actually the the only hunting dog I have. Uh, We use him for a variety of different uh, scenarios, bird hunting, duck hunting, fishing, but admittedly, interestingly enough, I also utilize Omaha as my storm chasing dog. He is a weather dog, so to speak. So quite interesting uh, that Omaha is able to uh, do multiple things. He's very, very talented. For those that know me, you've seen Omaha. Maybe for those that have been on tour with me, I do own a storm chasing tour company. So for those that have been on tour with me, they have watched Omaha grow up or maybe those friends from Facebook or Instagram or the social media platforms, they have also seen Omaha grow up. Quite a dog, Uh, certainly resilient and a very, very smart dog. Myself, I'm a meteorologist. I also hold a degree uh, as a Bachelor of Science in Electrical Engineering. Currently, I work for Weatherbug as one of their meteorologists. And we wanted to kind of expand in this particular podcast on weather, as I mentioned, all things weather and outdoor related. Life in general could be about weather, could be about um, outdoor related activities from hunting or fishing or whatever, whatever, whatever might be to all the way to life in general, relationships, uh, the goods, the bads, whatever it might be. Hodgepodge is the best way to explain it. A hodgepodge of all things weather and outdoor related. That's kind of what this particular podcast is about. And we're going to start off right now. We're going to talk a little bit of weather. Currently, right now, it uh, it is 
the fir- the 14th of January right now, and we are looking at, we're going to talk about weather first, we are looking at a pretty significant uh, winter storm that should be coming in on us around, uh, I think about the 17th, I think roughly. <clears throat> Excuse me, folks, I've got a little bit of a cold here. So, but but I think about the uh, the seventeenth of January, we're looking at uh, the possibility of uh, of a significant winter event. So, roughly Thursday, Friday, Saturday time frame, we're looking at probably I'm going to say probably Oklahoma, Kansas into that Missouri area. Uh, again, with winter storms, it's very hard to pinpoint exactly what that storm is going to do and where it's at and how much snow, how much sleet. It's, it's, it's a bane in the existence of any meteorologist out there. It is truly a bane in our side because you can't quite figure out the exact specifics of a particular storm. Things change so very rapidly. And that's something that I think all persons that are in the meteorological field understand completely. Now, a lot of folks who, you know, blue collar workers or they may not work in the meteorological fields or the science fields, they may not quite have the understanding of what forecasting winter weather is like. Thus, it makes it very hard for them to kind of grasp the concept of, hey, I just don't know what's gonna happen with the weather. Uh, you know, it could be six inches of snow. It could be two inches. It could, uh, move a hundred miles north of us and we might not get anything but rain. It's very, very hard to forecast that. And that makes it very, very difficult. Unlike in the spring, of course, I own a storm chasing tour business. And so we are out all spring long, uh, chasing severe weather, documenting tornadoes, and uh, some of those types of events, certainly much more manageable to forecast and uh, try to try to get a better handle on. You can certainly get a better handle on some of those springtime, summertime patterns with regards to the weather. So, but I wanted to throw that out there, folks, because the possibility does exist that we will have a significant winter event. Uh, Some will be impacted. Certainly roads are going to get messy, I think, around the 17th, 18th time frame. So we'll just say Thursday, Friday, Saturday time frame, so to speak. That's the main concern and what I wanted to get across in, in this particular first podcast is the basic uh, weather scenario that's going to be of concern in the short term, right? I think that's that's what we're looking for. Now, we're done with winter. I mean, I am so done with winter. I want it to be over with. I'm sure we all do. Winter absolutely stinks. Uh, uh, it's ugly. I, I just don't like it. I don't like covering it for the media. Uh, it's, it's very cold. None of us do. I mean, the snow's pretty, you know, come on, you guys know the snow's pretty, everything's nice, but, but really in all actuality, when it's 22 degrees out with a wind chill of negative 15, it, it's not fun. If somebody tells you it's fun, they're, they're not, they're lying. (laughs) They're not, they're not being honest. 
I think the second part of uh, this particular podcast, I wanted to kind of uh, make sure that I introduced myself. And maybe I should have done that in the beginning, but uh, I kind of wanted to make sure that I introduced myself, uh, not just my particular title or role or where I work at, but more importantly, my interest, uh, because I think that needs to be, most particularly in a podcast, that needs to go out there right off the bat so that you guys, you listeners, can decide if this podcast is something for you and uh, whether it's right for you and and you would like to continue to listen. Um, We would love for you guys to listen, no question. We'd love for you guys to rate and keep us and come back uh, uh, every podcast that we do and and have a listen because you never know what you're going to get. One week way we may be discussing weather and uh, you know the next three or four days or week, whatever it might be, we may be talking about you know life relationship or or something outdoor related. Again, it's a hodgepodge. Uh, and I didn't want to base this podcast strictly on uh, my particular degrees or uh, intelligence level or whatever. We really wanted to just get down and to the to, to the nuts and bolts. Uh, of, of a guy who happens to be a meteorologist and has a wonderful dog named Omaha. <laughs> I think that's the direction that we wanted to go in. Speaking of, speaking of Omaha, he is, right now he's over there just kind of chilling out, uh, laying down, and uh, of course you guys can't see him, but uh, what, a, what a wonderful dog. For Again, for the folks that uh, have seen him, you guys know what kind of a dog he is. Uh, you've seen me post videos on some of the social platforms like Facebook or Twitter, Insta, whatever. Um, and, and, and I want to throw this out. I, I did this just tonight again. I've done it, uh, I think, on the Facebook platform. Uh, I took my iPhone 10 and I just threw it and uh, kind of... I didn't throw it. That's that's not true. I kind of tossed it and uh, had him uh, heal and then, whoa, and then had him fetch it up. And he fetched it up and, yeah, it's kind of gross. You get slobber all over your phone, but uh, but ultimately uh, had him bring it back to me. Uh, so, so, you know, a, a $1,100 phone, uh, I trust him with it. <laughs> now, I take Omaha duck hunting. Um, bird hunting, waterfowl hunting, squirrel hunting, whatever. Now, for those that, this is the introduction I was talking about regarding, in regards to me, for those that, that, that may not know, again, I'm a very outdoor kind of a guy. We do like to hunt and fish and uh, a multitude of outdoor activities. And I think that's something that we wanted to, to, to kind of preface, make sure that we got it out to you guys. Cause, because I know a lot of people may not like that sort of thing, but just know that that's not always going to be the topic. Again, a hodgepodge of different things, all things weather and outdoor related, including life in general. So that's kind of what this is about. All right, enough about the podcast and what it's about. Uh, We discussed a little bit about the oncoming weather coming in. And I think that in and of itself is going to be the concern in the short term. Long term, we're in a pattern that is active. We're going to start seeing these 
active patterns, snowstorms coming in and, and whatnot. Um, if you believe in the oscillations, it, it would appear that we are going to be stuck in this pattern and, and get some, some pretty cold weather. Now, I don't want to get too scientific. That's another thing I chose not to do is I wanted to try to keep it uh, a little uh, uh, kind of calm down, if you will. In other words, uh, I want to keep my, my dialogue with you guys uh, more on a one-on-one -on -one level, if you will. And again, if you guys have any questions, you know, feel free to, to ask, send message or follow us on Twitter or Insta or whatever and, um, and let me know. But, you know, what we really wanted to do is throw it out there and make sure that I didn't get too scientific because I think a lot of people do that. There are some other weather podcasts out there. They don't include the things that, that I want to include. And I think that's what's missing is the real life or the real aspect of it. Hence the name of meteorologist and dog. Uh, my dog is my, I, I love my dog. And, and so that kind of gives that aspect of the outdoor type thing. And, uh, you know, he's a very good dog. And then of course me as a, as a, as a meteorologist, as an engineer, I wanted to kind of, I don't know, throw out the concept of, you know what, I, I, I don't want to overwhelm anybody, so we're going to keep things on a layman's term simply so it's easier for many folks uh, to, to understand. Now, a few folks are scientists or meteorologists or, or engineers. Some of you will grasp a little bit of what I'm saying uh, better than others might. But this isn't just about that. Again, I want to stress, all things weather-related and outdoor-related, including life in general. Hell, one day I may be discussing weather, uh, upcoming events, and uh, maybe maybe the next episode we're talking about Omaha or hunting or fishing or uh, what have you. I want to give a shout out real quick right now to Live Storm Chasers. If you have not had an opportunity, uh, please feel free to hit the Live Storm Chasers Facebook page up and then check out their website as well, www.livestormchasers.com. And then, of course, if you might be interested in a storm chasing tour or a tornado tour, that's what we do during the season as well. So www.extremechasetours.com. Those are two websites you guys should hit up. And again, we do have our social platforms, uh, Extreme Chase Tours on on Facebook, and so, of course, Live Storm Chasers on, uh, on Facebook. Hit those pages up, hit the like button, and uh, share, follow, and, and share uh, accordingly if you guys would. We do a lot of live streaming on live storm chasers. Uh, consequently, I do as well on Weatherbug as they are my employer. I want to specifically stress uh, right off the bat that my thoughts and my comments or statements are purely of my own and do not reflect my employer in any way, shape, or form. So now that we have that formality out of the way, uh, again, I want to touch base and give a shout out to live storm chasers. Uh, as Josh Napier and crew, the entire team over there, Tyler Schlitt, Josh Napper, and the entire team over there 
are a wonderful, wonderful group of uh, folks that uh, I think probably some of the better storm chasers and and forecasters out there, and just a wonderful team. Um, Aaron Morgan and uh, Kayla, and there's a number of us that stream and do things live for uh, live storm chasers. And with uh, almost 300,000 followers, we have a we have a heck of a following, and uh, it would be you know it'd be a good idea for you guys to hit it up because again. We end up, um, we will post stuff there live, updates on the weather or, you know, maybe some funny memes or, or what have you. So get an opportunity, hit that up. I think that would be, uh, that would be a good place to start. So to explain a little bit about myself, I'm a 29-year storm chasing veteran. And while that may sound crazy, <laughs> and it is, uh, I started chasing in 1990, 1991, roughly. Uh, saw my first tornado in 1991. As a matter of fact, April 26, 1991, the Red Rock, Oklahoma F4 was the first tornado that I saw and documented. I was just a kid. Uh, and there's certainly a funny story behind that. Uh, kind of a backstory, folks. That first tornado that I documented, April 26, 1991, I'll kind of paint the picture for you guys. Uh, I was, <laughs> I was sleeping. I skipped school that day. And uh, I was... Basically eating a, I, I woke up uh, and was eating a, a, a bowl of Captain Crunch cereal, of all things. And I remember eating uh, cereal and turning on the TV and, you know, what was I, 16, 17 years old? I, I was eating a bowl of cereal and watching TV, watching cartoons, I admit, I was. I happened to be changing channels and went to a news station that uh, that was discussing the possibility of severe weather later in the day. Uh, of course, that kind of piqued my interest because I've always been interested in weather. And there is a backstory there that I will uh, discuss uh, momentarily. But as I sat there eating my Captain Crunch cereal, I decided, I don't know, I got a wild hair up my butt and decided that I would go see a tornado later that day. They had issued a, what we call a red box. So for those that are familiar with um, meteorological terms or weather terms, a red box is a tornado watch box. And, uh, you know, about noon or, or just thereafter, they, they initiated the red box or the tornado watch box. And not knowing anything about weather whatsoever, I decided that I would go and drive in the middle of the red box or in that middle of that tornado watch, and I was for sure to see a tornado. Now, that's not quite the way it happened, but the backstory in the backstory is the fact that <laughs> my mom and dad had a camcorder. 
you know, the, you guys remember those big old camcorders that you would put on your shoulder, uh, VHS, a very large camcorder. I believe my dad won it at work, uh, best attendance for the year or something of the sort. And, um, he won it and I stole it for the day. I was, I had been instructed not to mess with it. And of course, yeah, <laughs> you're a 16, 17 year old kid. What are you going to do? You're going to, you're going to mess with stuff. So I took my, uh, I had an El Camino at the time and uh, I took my El Camino out and I drove out to central Oklahoma into that red box area. I was talking about that tornado watch box and, you know, admittedly thought I would see this tornado right off the bat. That's not really the way that it happened. What happened was I kind of waited around, not knowing what was going on, and saw a very big towering storm off in the distance. Huge, almost a cauliflower looking like storm. Very, very big. And so I thought, what the hell, I'll drive towards it. And I did. What I saw at the base of that storm, I can't comprehend, and I don't know that I can elaborate it uh, quite as eloquently in the podcast here as I could if you guys could see the video. But ultimately, uh, it was a fat, giant, stovepipe-looking tornado. I did it. I got it. I got the tornado. Uh, and I think that gave me a little bit of false hope and false thought process with the pre preconceived notion that you could just go out and see a tornado anytime. Not really the case by any means. Now, I mentioned a backstory to this. All of this, all of this kind of came about from many years ago. I was seven years old when I saw my first tornado. I was on vacation with my mom and dad and my sister driving out to Texas. My grandparents lived out in Texas, West Texas, as a matter of fact. And we drove through a thunderstorm, rain, some small hail and things of that nature. And really what I didn't know is that we were kind of, kind of hook slicing it, if you will, um, uh, punching it, if you will, uh, hook slicing is a ner- You guys will hear some, some, some verbiage that's not necessarily scientific on here. That's one of them. We'll elaborate the, on those as we go, but, uh, or in the future. But ultimately, we ended up driving right through the, the core of this storm, in essence. And right on the other side was a tornado. It wasn't very big, admittedly. It certainly was not very big. But it was a slender tube uh, that hit a barn. We stopped and pulled over to the side of the road. And I remember asking my mom what that was. I did not. It's the first time I'd ever seen a tornado. I had no clue what that was. It just was scary and mean looking because it was brown and black. It was dark. So it scared the hell out of me. I had no clue what it was. Didn't quite grasp it. So I was, I was seven, seven years old. Uh, my mom, ultimately, she had a thing, as all mothers do. Uh, she, she said, Sit back and shut up. <laughs> no, well, I mean, she did say that, but she said, uh, sit back and hush up. 
And so, so ultimately we, we did that, my sister and I, and we watched this thing hit a barn and, uh, or an outbuilding there and it just kind of exploded it. So that was the first impression that, that really got me into the weather uh, scenario, the weather aspect. As a matter of fact, I was fearful of weather for many, many years. Uh, interested and intrigued, most particularly after that event. Very, very intrigued. But ultimately, it was very scared because anytime I thought there were, you know, we, anytime we had thunder or hail or lightning, I thought there was going to be a tornado. And so as a seven-year-old kid, eight-year-old kid, you guys can imagine, I'm sure, that uh, what I was thinking or feeling. And, and certainly that made it uh, all the more uh, fearful for me. Fortunately for me, um, that fear turned into fascination. And uh, by the time I was in the fifth grade, I was doing some work at school and would ponder out the window and watch the weather. And ultimately, I took, I took an um, uh, interest in science, and most particularly, I, I took an interest in our science program in the fifth grade and actually won the science fair. My dad helped me build a, a what I would call a tornado model, if you will. It was nothing more than basic dry ice with a fan attached to the top of it and uh, built a little box with a, with a uh, plexiglass container. And uh, I won the, 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 the science fair that way. And then, of course, I was the kid... Uh, that while I was somewhat nerdy back then, um, I was the kid that was always just intrigued and piqued by the weather. Now that kind of changed throughout the years. For an example, you know, of course, as you grow older, uh, those particular activities, science and whatnot, kind of get put on the back burner when you start realizing girls, uh, in my case, uh, were a little bit more intriguing to me. And so I found myself oftentimes, you know, wanting to go on dates as opposed to wanting to go view the weather. That's, I think, probably normal. But I always had that burning desire to keep the weather close to me as a, as a, as a whole. Now, my mother and father owned an uh, electronic repair shop. My dad worked for a company. He was a mechanical engineer, basically, for a, a company. And my mother, uh, all of us, uh, my mother and father actually had their ham radio license. Uh, my mother had her general radio operator telephone license. For those who are not familiar with that, um, maybe we have some ham listeners or amateur radio operator listeners. They'll know what I'm referring to. General radio operator telephone license. And my mother and father would communicate via uh, amateur radio and talked all over the world. So I grew up with that. That was something that I grew up with I was very interested in. And um, so that's kind of the course. I kind of I mumbled there for a minute, but the andum part really was me basically saying that, kind of hinting at, you know, andum. I didn't really know what I was going to do with my life until that day that I saw my first tornado April 26, 1991. Again, if you go back, and I, I said moments ago, that fear turns into fascination, and that fascination ultimately turns into education. So what I did 
ultimately, I took the education that I had in electronics and uh, electrical type engineering that I had learned from my mother and father. I also uh, received my amateur radio license as a novice back when you had to know the code. Uh, CW, Morse code is what I'm referring to. And then ultimately what I had to do from there uh, is, of course, I, I ended up having to pass a five-word per minute test and then a, ultimately a 13-word per minute test. But I think what I wanted to do in looking back, retrospect, was I wanted to try to combine the two. What I really wanted to do was combine the electronic side with the meteorological side. And I found that very difficult. I think, uh, as a matter of fact, one of my student uh, uh, advisors uh, just just succumbed to the concept that uh, there were no jobs available. There was nothing like that in the field. And, you know, you got to understand, this is pre-1998. So we, we, we did not have the, the 88 the WSR 88Ds. And for those that are not familiar what I'm referring to in 1998 or 1988, we transitioned uh, the weather surveillance radars around the country. We started transitioning from the old 74C radars to the 88Ds or Doppler radars. And that had not been done just yet. Uh, they were starting in, in some locations, but it had not been done. And so ultimately, uh, I, I was kind of discouraged, I think, uh, in thinking that I would not be able to find a direction to go in. So I did what any other young lad might do, and I went with the electronic uh, side, if you will. Went off to college, spent some a very small amount of time at Oklahoma University, ultimately transferred to uh, Oklahoma Technical University, and then um, obviously ultimately ending up at um, uh, Missouri State. Now that said, where I'm going with this is I ended up getting my Bachelor of Science in Electrical Engineering, which led me down a road from working in cable, uh, electronic repair, to all sorts of different types of jobs. All the while, in the spring and summer, I would try to chase uh, weather because that's what, uh, that's what really drove me. That was my passion. Uh, and that's what really did it for me. And so I think for me, that's kind of, uh, that's kind of where I was at at that point in my life. Now, coming up in, uh, in discussion two, or what we'll call part two, we'll discuss a little bit more about past history so you guys can learn a little bit more about me uh, and with the hopes that, that this will uh, keep you guys somewhat entertained and, 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 and really get a feel for what I do and who, who I am, you know, via my Facebook videos and uh, live videos or YouTube or Instagram or whatever it might be, the thing I get the most, uh, the most requests or direct messages or whatever is, hey man, show a little bit more of your personal life. Who are you? What do you know? What, what, we know you love weather. You take people chasing. You are a meteorologist. You, you're an engineer. What, you, what do you do? Who are you? Who is Lanny Dean? 
and what is extreme chase tours what is live storm chasers how are you involved what do you guys do uh, what do you do in the off time those are the kind of questions that i get what do you do in the off season so that's coming up part two folks stand by I'm Lanny Dean, and you're listening to Meteorologist and Dog, where we're talking a little bit about my past history and how I got where I am and uh, a little bit of an introduction of me. I think it's always good to have an introduction, and most particularly on podcasts. It's one thing I, I, I don't know that I like is I will listen to a podcast wondering who I'm actually listening to. Wondering what kind of a backstory they might have. And I think that's something that might be missing from uh, some podcast is uh, the fact that people may not be as elaborate as they could be with past history or, or what got them to where they are at today. And I think that's a shame because I think if we were more open, people would find that more appealing. Uh, certainly if you're more relatable... I think that people can can find joy in that and can find a relationship. Certainly relationships can be built that way. Friendships, what have you, because you really get to know the person. You know, you, 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 you know part of their history, part of their past. Now, some things I keep private, uh, as all people should. But you get the gist of who the person is. And as a, as a general thumb, I think that you can probably be a good judge of character if you're given the opportunity to know a little bit about the person's past history or a little bit about them. So that's what we're trying to do right now is to give you guys a little bit of a, a history in our first episode here of Meteorologist and Dog, simply because I believe that it will help you guys to kind of get a better feel for us and hopefully give you guys a little bit of a... a better interest in what we're doing. We're not just another weather blog. I want to make that clear. Meteorologist and Dog is is about, as I said earlier, Meteorologist and Dog is about really anything and everything weather and outdoor related and a hodgepodge of life. So basically, I'm just going to say it. It's, it's a hodgepodge of anything and everything weather and outdoor related including life in general. Now, I, I'll try to refrain from talking politics, but I'm sure that from time to time, some type of politics will come up, uh, although I don't particularly care to like, uh, don't, don't like to talk about politics or religion. Uh, I'm sure that it, it may come up from time to time. We will, however, mostly stick to weather and uh, outdoor-related type activities, possibly significant weather events, um, or, or situations of that nature. And, uh, we certainly, uh, you, you guys will find out pretty quick. I'm a pretty funny guy with a, I don't give a shit attitude because that's just me. And that's the way my mom and dad raised me. So you folks can thank them accordingly. <laughs> All right. That said, just coming back from the break, folks, here's the deal. I want to say this to you guys. When fear and fascination come together, you have two options. Uh, 
you can run from it because we all have that instinct of fight or flight. No matter what the situation is. Could be a mugger on the streets somewhere in downtown Chicago. Or, and, and I'm not picking on Chicago. Uh, we're just going to use that as an example. It could be severe weather. You know, we, we're afraid of what we don't know or what the outcome of what, what the outcome is or what it might, might be. We're afraid of that. We, if you don't know what the outcome might be, you're afraid of it. For instance, I don't like to fly. I cannot stand to fly. And so I, I generally try not to fly as much as I can. But the reason I'm, I'm fearful of it is because I don't know what the outcome is going to be. Is a plane going to crash? Am I going to die? And I'm not worried about that. I mean, again, I told you we, I wouldn't speak religion or politics. But ultimately, uh, you know, I know where I'm going to go when I die. So I'll, I'll leave that at that. But that said... I, I think uh, we're fearful of, of the things that are unknown to us. And so uh, I was fearful. I was fearful of the weather. And when we get put in a position like that, you've got two responses. You can fight or you can flight. And ultimately, I chose to fight. Uh, I chose to fight and learn as much as I could about weather and push forward with it. That was the goal. So I said moments ago that uh, that fear turned into fascination and the fascination turned into education. Uh, and that's where we're kind of at today. Now, I'm sure in, in future uh, episodes, we will probably discuss uh, my background uh, a little bit more. I do. Uh, I'm an open book. I don't mind talking about my background. Some folks may not like it. Uh, they may not like talking about their background, and I get it, or their past history, but uh, certainly it's not something that bothers me. Uh, I'm an open book, and frankly, I don't give a shit that, uh, that uh, people know my past. I think it's a good thing because it, it tends to lend itself, again, it, going back, it tends to limit, uh, lend itself rather, it tends to lend itself to the thought process that the more you explain about yourself, your passions, your interests, your love, your, your life in general, people can relate. There are so many more people out there that can relate to you if you're just honest, honest about who you are, what you're doing, what your passions are, and all of what I described uh, uh, moments ago. So that's key for me. I wanted to try to do this first podcast and get it get it out of the way, just so you guys kind of have a, a base idea of who I am and kind of what this is and what it's all about. Now, some folks are probably asking, why meteorologist and dog? Well, the dog part, I know that's not, it's not the most, uh, it's not that, we don't have a real good explanation for that particular part, other than he's my dog and I love him. I take him just about everywhere. The meteorologist part should, certainly should be more than uh, explanative. You, you guys, that explains everything. The dog part is not so much. Uh, you know, it's more about Omaha. Now, I mentioned Omaha uh, being a five-year-old black lab. 
who's very, very well trained. I fit, I spent 15, about, about 1,500, 1,600 hours almost with him. He's an amazing dog, wonderful hunting dog, wonderful sporting companion all the way around. And so certainly we wanted to include Omaha in this because I do take him everywhere. I, I've even taken him on tour and will continue to do so. So meteorologist and dog kind of fit. It was a way to kind of throw that hodgepodge together uh, regarding anything and everything weather-related and outdoor-related, as well as life in general, because Omaha's part of my life, he's part of my wife's life, my children, and he's part of us. So I wanted to include him. Now, as far as my background, I am married, very happily, uh, very, very happily and uh, have been married for almost 20 years. My wife and I have been together for 19 years. Uh, we've been married for 18 and a half or so and have been together for 19, almost 20 years. I, Almost 20 years. Uh, I may get in trouble if she hears this. <laughs> uh, but uh, we do have children. We have hers, mine, and ours. We raised basically seven children. Uh, so we had kind of a blended family with hers, mine, and ours. Um, and so it, we we very, very big family. Now, ultimately, uh, most of the kids are grown and out of the house except for the twins. We have twins, Brandon and Riley, that are 16 and uh, are just wonderful children. Riley's the uh, the joy in my heart. She... Uh, She's just a beautiful young lady and uh, very, very highly intelligent and a wonderful child. Yes, I'm being biased, but I'm also telling the, the truth. Brandon is uh, just a, he's the light of my life. Uh, he also is highly intelligent and uh, he's kind of my hunting buddy and uh, just, a, just a good all-around kid. A little lazy at times, but a great kid. So that's kind of wrapping up who I am and a little bit about my life as far as uh, Omaha and I and, uh, you know, the fear and fascination and education, my wife, my children. And that kind of uh, explains a little bit of, more of who I am with the hopes that it really relates to you guys and you guys can sit back and say, okay, you know what? This guy's, this this podcast is, is okay. This guy's not a, he's not a jerk. Well, I mean, I am kind of a jerk. I'm kind of an asshole. But, uh, but you know, I do generally have some pretty good thoughts from time to time. My wife, uh, certainly smarter than I am, just ask her. She'll tell you. <laughs> no, she really is. Laura, bless her heart. Uh, that said, I wanted to touch base on my tour company. I mentioned it moments ago. Basically, my tour company, I own a storm chasing tour company called Extreme Chase Tours. You can Google that, find it, whatever the case might be, and you can learn even more about me. In the last 29 years, I've documented 549 tornadoes, I believe, well over 500 tornadoes, 16 major hurricanes, and many many winter weather events, more so than I even want to talk about. Because again, as I mentioned earlier, can't stand winter. Uh, I just don't like winter and I don't like covering it. I worked in the media for a number of years on and off as I was working in the electronic industry or electrical engineering industry. 
and um, uh, we worked for small TV stations in small markets from like Pittsburgh, Kansas, all the way up to Good Morning America, The Weather Channel, uh, Cake Channel 10 in Wichita, Kansas, KJRH Channel 2 in Tulsa. So we do have that uh, that media background, if you will. So the weather media background is something that, that we rely on also in trying to... Uh, to aid in getting the word out to to folks when we're out and about. So you get an opportunity, go ahead and hit the uh, Extreme Chase Tours website up, extremechasetours.com, www.extremechasetours.com. That's my particular website, and you can certainly learn more about me there. More coming up right here in a moment. Stay tuned. So I started discussing this winter storm that may impact us the Friday and Saturday time frame, early Friday through the day into Saturday. And I want to touch base on that because I'm actually looking at some of the weather models that we utilize and look at uh, from uh, time to time, every day actually. And uh, I'm looking at what we call the Zero Z run. So for some of those that uh, are already familiar with that, you know what I'm referring to. For those that may not be, no worries. The Zero Z run is uh, one of the better runs uh, that we look at model-wise. So weather models have different particular runs they come out with. Uh, For an example, short-term models or short-term weather models may come out with hourly runs. In other words, each hour they come out with a new run. Uh, mid-range models, you get the point, kind of rinse and repeat. They come out with runs maybe uh, twice a day. I just got done looking at uh, at a mid, mid-range run, if you will, the NAM, the North, North American uh, Meso model, if you will. And uh, it, it comes out, uh, you know, a couple of times a day, uh, basically. And, uh, and again, I'm not looking, I don't want to get too technical, folks. That's what I wanted to try to stay away from. Uh, but I did not look at uh, what we call the, the 3K or what have you, NAM NAST or whatever. Uh, we're looking straight at the, the North American model. So looking at that model, folks, what I'm seeing, uh, and, and I wish you guys had smell vision and uh, uh, could 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 see this, so to speak. Uh, I use smell vision as a poor analogy, but uh, what I'm looking at, folks, is basically a winter storm that looks pretty potent. No question about it. Roughly from, as I mentioned, from the Friday, early Friday, basically almost Thursday, if you will. So Thursday, later in the day, into Friday, Friday morning, uh, through Friday into the weekend. I made a post on Facebook regarding this um, and some of the social platforms to try to give uh, some folks a heads up. And of course, uh, I mentioned this in my, in my forecast blog. That said, I think um, Oklahoma, as it stands right now, Oklahoma, Kansas, Missouri. Now that's a lot of real estate. Uh, but again, it's very hard to pinpoint the exacts, the timing, the placement, and uh, who's actually going to see what. However, I am convinced that we are going to see a significant uh, wintry type uh, event uh, 
some of which could include ice, some significant. Uh, I think we might be dealing with the possibilities, and I'll put that in quotations, of uh, some power issues, horrible treacherous road conditions, and the like. For those that follow the live Storm Chasers page, um, folks, we will be going live there as well as live on the Weatherbug Facebook page. Uh, again, Weatherbug, for those just joining, Weatherbug is, uh, is my employer and uh, we are a meteorologist for Weatherbug. So certainly we'll cut graphics or do whatever, uh, run forecast, do tip of the weeks, things of that nature. And so we've updated that accordingly so that everybody's on the same page about what could possibly happen during this, uh, this next weather maker. We're in an active pattern. So heads up, folks. I don't I, I don't know the exact timing and placement. It's going to be very hard to pinpoint until we get a little bit closer. But I suspect that, folks, if your local media hasn't jumped on board in, in the areas that I've mentioned, um, you know, the, the, the Oklahoma area, Kansas, Missouri, uh, maybe uh, even obviously further north, I think if your local media hasn't jumped on the bandwagon, they will very, very Soon, I think that's probably key uh, to give you guys kind of a heads up. I think they'll jump on it, and uh, we'll start seeing some uh, some nasty forecasts come out. Now, take some of that with a grain of salt. Always have more than one way to obtain watches, warnings, and weather information. I would encourage you folks to monitor your local National Weather Services, uh, and of course, have a NOAA weather radio handy. And certainly, when I say monitor and have additional ways or multiple ways of receiving watches and warnings or weather info, certainly I'm referring to the NOAA weather radio, television, media outlets. Use your smartphone. There are many, many applications out on the market today, radar applications, forecast applications, that uh, are a true viable uh, solution that may help you receive those watching watches and warnings. Now, this is not a plug towards Weatherbug, but ultimately, Weatherbug does have an app that even I use. Um, there are many apps that are good on the market. Weatherbug is a generalized app, uh, so it's a little bit more. It's geared a little bit more towards those that may not have uh, the knowledge of, you know. Uh, or the, well, not the knowledge or even the care of what what tilt that scan is on the radar and uh, what velocity means or what correlation coefficient means and things of that nature. You know, they want to know, is, is it raining? When's it going to rain? Is it storming? What, what, or when's it going to snow? What's it, yeah, what, what is the actual forecast? Uh, give me the graphics. Give me the 10-day forecast. Uh, the thing I like about the Weatherbug app is is we've got a proprietary lightning detection system that's, again, proprietary. And uh, I think that's, uh, I use that. Even on tour, I use that when I'm out with my tour guests. So it's something uh, to think about. There are many, uh, many, many um, radar applications or weather applications out there. One that we also utilize is RadarScope. Uh, it does cost, but it's a wonderful app to use if uh, if you... Uh, don't mind a little bit of a learning curve, but once you get it, it's really a good application to use. Back to the weather. 
I think, folks, we're going to be dealing with that particular storm system coming in. And so I want folks to please be prepped and ready. Some of the things that you can do. Let's go over that. It is winter. Old man winter has got its... It's got his uh, grip across parts of the country from the Pacific Northwest through the Northern Plains and, and pretty soon down into the Central and Southern Plains and Midwest. But ultimately, um, I think, let's go over that real quick. What can you do if you are uh, under one of these types of weather situations, such as a winter storm warning or a watch or, or maybe a ice storm or whatever? Well, folks, the biggest key uh, is really staying off the roads. I know a lot of people don't like that, but, uh, you know, if you've got to be traveling, just be cognizant and aware of where you're at, where you're going, uh, things of that nature. If you've got to be on the roads, there's a couple things that you folks can do. Wherever you're going, I don't care if it's into work or if it's, you know, maybe you're going and visiting relatives, it's going to be the weekend, whatever. Um Call your family and give them an expected ETA uh, when you should be when you should arrive. That way, if you don't make that destination in a certain amount of time, they'll know that uh, concern should be given. And uh, I think the second thing is to keep a kit in your vehicle at all times. We call this an emergency kit, right? Extra blankets, food, water, things of this nature, snacks, uh, an emergency, um, an emergency warming type blanket. Um, and of course the, the essentials that, that you might need in case you happen to slide off the road or, or the worst case scenario happens. These things can literally help save your life. And that's what we want to punch across uh, really punch across to you guys regarding this next storm system is, hey, make sure you're prepared. One thing I do say is, and, and I really preach this, is don't be scared, be prepared. And of course, as far as weather bug, know before. In other words, know before you go, don't be scared, be prepared. And I think having a winter kit with those essential items is imperative and certainly we encourage and implore you guys to have some of those items on hand just in case. Can't hurt, right? Can't hurt. I carry a, a kit with me at all times, even during the summertime or the springtime. It's just a smart thing to do. Now, want to talk a little bit. We'll, 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 we'll get off that topic because we all know there's some weather that's coming in. But I want to talk briefly about tornadoes um, and my past history, so to speak. We talked about that a little bit ago, and I kind of threw out a ballpark number, you know, 540 tornadoes or so. I, I don't want to sound like I'm patting myself on the back by any means, but we have seen a number of tornadoes. But understand, and this is where I was going with that, understand that, come on, guys, about it's about 90% luck and 20% skill. That's really what it is. And time put in. In other words, the effort that you put into it. So... 29 years, 500 and some tornadoes. That's a lot of years, folks. It's almost 30 years. So it's not like something that happens every day or 
uh, every week, every tour. It doesn't, it doesn't work like that. As a matter of fact, the other night I documented my first January tornado. Uh, I documented the Stratford, Missouri weak tornado. It was a very weak tornado, EF0. But uh, nonetheless, I documented. It was the only month that I had not documented or filmed a tornado was January. In the last 29 years, I've never seen a tornado in January. February, March, April, May, June, July, August, September, October, November, December, but not January. That's the only month. I did the other night here in Stratford, Missouri, um, which is north of me, uh, not real far, but uh, uh, we were able to do that with this last severe weather system that went through. And uh, while those numbers sound really staggering and awesome, well, they're really not. It's taken me a long time, a lot of hard work, a lot of patience, a lot of passion, a lot of effort. And I think for me, it's been, uh, man, it's been tough, you know, uh, seeing that those that type of, of significant severe weather, it doesn't come easy, folks. It's... Uh, you really got to put your work in. And so I, I don't care if you're a meteorologist. I don't care if you're a storm spotter or a what we call a, a, a storm chaser. Uh, and I'll use that term loosely because chasing is really taking off. It is Storm chasing is really, really taking off. Uh, many people, I, in fact, as I said, I run a tour company. I take people storm chasing during the spring into the summer months. So let's say you wanted to go on a cruise Instead of going on a cruise for XYZ number of days, you go tornado chasing. That's what I do in the spring and summer months. While I'm also fulfilling my duties as a meteorologist for Weatherbug. So it works out very, very nice. But that's kind of what it's like. Uh, and, and that may be a poor analogy. But that's kind of, uh, kind of what it's like and kind of what I do as far as my, my company. And I think I wanted to throw those numbers out there because I realized, folks, that, uh, friends, I tell you, I realized that it was, I didn't want to sound cocky or, or what have you or whatever, because if you knew me, I'm, uh, I'm very, I am very humble. I'm an asshole, no doubt, but, um, but I'm very humble and, and, and very appreciative to those that have helped me along the way. Consequently, I'm, I'm, I'm very, uh, uh, grateful uh, for what I've been able to experience, not just weather-wise, but life in general. And I think that goes back to the hodgepodge part of life that I was talking about. Again, being married for, for so many years uh, to my wife, Laura, my wife is a godsend to me. She tolerates me and allows me to try to fulfill my dream of of doing this and uh, working in the weather industry. Very, very supportive. And so I'm very, very lucky that way. I don't know that some people are. You know, they say uh, if you have a job and uh, you don't particularly care for that job, well, it's not really the best solution. Uh, in other words, uh, you know, maybe the better way to describe it is if you've got a job, that you truly enjoy, it's not really a job. It's fun. You enjoy getting up and going to work. You, you enjoy doing what 
whatever it is that you might be doing. I don't care if it's shoveling shit for $9 an hour or whatever the case is at a at a, uh, a horse training facility or, you know, whatever it might be. If it's something that you enjoy, you should certainly pursue it and keep doing it. And uh, that's what life is all about, I think. I think life is truly all about, no matter what you're doing, most particularly work-wise uh, or, or, you know, uh, ways of making financial means, I guess, is, is what I mean is, I, I think if, if you enjoy, truly enjoy what you're doing, then it's not a job. It truly is not. It's something that you enjoy and you should continue to enjoy that. And I truly, truly enjoy what I'm doing. I truly enjoy working in the weather. I do truly enjoy, uh, chasing. It's, it's, I've said it before. I said it, I've been in, you know, I've taken part in many, many documentaries. Um, and, and, uh, in, as a matter of fact, I've, uh, Randy Hicks and I, the, the outlaw, Randy Hicks, Lisa McGill and Mike Gray, we were the original outlaw chasers. And we did a show for true TV called tornado hunters back in 2007. And I said it then, and I said it in a nationally geographic, uh, documentary that I was in chasing storm chasing is like a drug. Once you get it, you will do anything to get it over and over and over and over again. And that is no lie. That is the truth. Once you get it and you become successful. In other, in other words, once you see that first supercell, I don't care if it's producing a tornado or not, but it's straighted. It's 60,000 foot. It, it's, it really puts you into, into perspective as far as how small you really are in comparison to this, to this huge world we have how insignificant we are as human beings in this world. And so I think that really kind of over it over overshadows what what chasing can be like or what it is and kind of uh hopefully explains it a little bit. I think for me chasing is it is that drug. It is that fix. But it's also almost a religious experience. Now, I said I wouldn't talk religion, and I'm not going to talk religion per se. But what I'm saying is, is that when you have the availability to chase, and you've gotten to chase, and you, 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 maybe, maybe you're successful, maybe you're not, the thing of it is, is that uh, when you storm chase and you see a tornado, oh my God, it is the best drug that you've never had until that point. And then you'll do anything, anything, anything to get it over and over and over again, just to keep doing it over and over and again. Coming up in segment three, we're going to talk just a briefly, now, nah, you know what, hell with it, I'm going to elaborate about it completely. And I'm going to tell you guys a true story about what I did to keep that drug going. That's exactly what I'm going to do. Coming right up, segment three. Stay tuned. So that interlude 
basically that preclude was dedicated to my wife, my beautiful wife, Laura. Uh, that's a little bit more of a girly tune, a little bit more of a girly music uh, as opposed to what I would like, but it's dedicated to my wife for a multitude of reasons, some of which I will keep private because some things are better left private, but, um, I told you guys I would tell you a quick, brief story, and that's what we're going to do. I wanted to keep the podcast about an hour and a half, no more than two hours, because I didn't want to bore everybody, but I wanted to get through the introduction, talk about me a little bit, talk about Omaha, the kind of dog he is, why we went with meteorologist and dog as a name, and, and really give ourselves to you guys, just open up, be an open book, because that's really the only way I know how to be. And so, hoping that that might not necessarily just grab attention, but it would really let you guys peek inside, and hopefully you guys would be interested enough in us to continue to listen to the podcast. So, my story about my wife. Years ago, I started the the tour company in 1999, and uh, we slowly started. It was a very slow process. At first, uh, the movie Twister had come out, but and it was mainstream, and so we had people wanting to go. But it, but it took a little while. Anytime you build a business of any kind, it takes a while to grow, no doubt about. So, my wife, luckily for me, was so very supportive of what I was trying to do. She always has been. As a matter of fact, she's the one that's been trying to push me to do the podcast. Uh, It really, it was her idea. She said, look, you've got these stories that you should tell that are so interesting that people don't even know about. They're not accustomed to this. And people should hear and know and see these particular types of, of stories. And so that's what we wanted to do. Just to give you guys an idea of what we are. I mean, we're blue collar folks and just like many other folks out there. So my dear wife, um, in 99, when I ended up starting the company, we let it roll and kept going. Of course, that cost me my first marriage. My first marriage was, uh, my high school sweetheart and it crashed and burned. And, uh, uh, after a long, long divorce and a bloody custody battle, uh, which I'm very thankful for my friends that I continue to hold today, Randy, the outlaw chaser Hicks and my brother and so many people were there to support me through that. My, my mother has since passed, but she was there. My dad and it, it, it you know, it, it'll humble you going through a situation like a divorce will humble you to the point where you're on your knees And so I knew that I wanted to keep running the tours, but I was just, man, I was just, I was humbled and I was broken and I, you know, I didn't necessarily know what to do. About two years later, I met my wife, Laura, and we met, I don't want to go into full detail of how we met, but when Laura and I met, you know, she was just so positive and so vibrant and, and just completely supportive of me. 
About, jump forward to about 2007, we started slowly just keep going and going and going. The business started growing, started doing good. It was just a marvelous, marvelous thing. But we didn't have the equity. Yeah, we had the sweat equity and we, we, you know, we had been working my butt off trying to get it going and we really were doing very well, all things considering, but we didn't have the equity for some things we needed, a new vehicle for the, the, the business. We were still utilizing the old one and whatnot. Ultimately, my wife made a suggestion. Laura made a suggestion to me and she said, hey, true story. She said, hey, Lanny, why don't you, why don't you take our wedding bands and pawn or sell our wedding bands? Of course, I just was taken back by this and no, what are you talking about? Blah, 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 blah. We did it. We did it. She convinced me to do it so that we could have some equity uh, and, and really push ECT. And that's how I got ECT bigger than it was. Even though I started the company in 99, uh, and by 2007, we went full-time uh, seasonal because my wife and I pawned our wedding bands is what we did, which is just a wonderful thing. Now, there's a backstory to that in that most people that are, if you're in the weather, you know about June 12, 2004. June 12, 2004, there was a tornado near the town of Mulvane, Kansas. It was an, an F3 tornado. And I woke up that the day before June 12th. So on June 11th, I woke up. We did not have any tour guests. It was in June. And ultimately, I, I, I ran my forecast and I told my wife, hey, there's gonna be, there's gonna be weather today. There's gonna be tornadoes just south of Wichita. And my wife said to me, well, why don't you go? And of course, money was always tough for us at that point. Again, we were just, we, we had not been married a long time. Uh, you know, about three or four years or so, but but uh, we were really trying to save money and we just didn't have the extra cash on hand. So at that point, my wife and I, uh, upon her suggestion, said, look, why don't we, why don't we sell the wedding bands? And I scoffed at that and scolded and no way in hell, I'm not going to do this, blah, 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 blah. I did it. She pushed me and said, look, if you want to follow your dreams, you're going to do it. Let's do it. So she went with me and we went to a local pawn shop, sold. Yeah, I, I, we, we didn't pawn, we sold. I was trying to think. We, we, we sold our wedding band set for $1,100. Now, mind you, this was a $5,000 wedding band set that I'd bought my wife. And uh, so we got 1100 bucks out of it. And I went off chasing. And my wife was that supportive. Some people may say that crazy, but she was completely that supportive. I think it's very hard to find people in your life that are so supportive. They're willing to give up things that are important to them. And try to push for their mate uh, or their significant other 
try to push their dreams, try to build them up. Not a lot of folks do that, especially in today's world. It's very difficult to find somebody that is like that. My wife is like that. And gosh, I'm thankful for her. So thankful. About uh, about four and a half hours later, I filmed and documented the Mulvane, Kansas tornado and sold it. And it went worldwide. $14,700 later, I was able to purchase back at that same pawn shop. I went back with my wife and purchased back our wedding band set. So... I did get our wedding band set back, and it was a wonderful thing. Now, that was back when storm video was actually worth something. The market is completely saturated now. But my point was, was again, this podcast is about weather and all things weather-related, outdoor activities, but life in general, too, you know, relationships, whatever it might be. And this is happens to be one of those angles of relationships and people. Uh, you know, I in college I took a a semester of psychology, and you know I I learned a few things in that class. And I have to be honest, my wife is one of the most caring, giving individuals to this day. Even after twenty years of being together, she's still that way. So ultimately, we ended up in two thousand seven. My wife did the same thing. She came to me and said, look, you know, we're struggling on the business. We do not have the equity. We need things. Let's do this. And I, again, I scolded and scoffed and no way I'm not going to do it. But swallow your pride, you idiot, is what she told me. And I did. I did. I swallowed my pride and finally said, okay. And I caved. We went where we needed to go and we pawned our wedding set. We did not sell, but we did pawn our wedding set. We got uh, about about five eh, about forty four hundred is what we got, and we dumped that straight back into the company. And it immediately the, the, the things that were that I was able to do as far as promotion and selling and getting the new vehicle, we were able to expand like crazy, which was a wonderful thing for us. It helped us, and it, it really pumped my dreams. It really, really, it did. But we went about two years without a wedding band set, and I felt every time I looked at my wife's hands, I, I, I most particularly her 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 wedding finger, I I, I just felt so terrible. About two years later, we were able to, to really, uh, make some good money and ultimately had a wonderful year. And I was able to purchase my wife, a, a very nice set, uh, a wedding set. And, um, she got me my, uh, my duck hunting ring, if you will, it's for those who are not familiar, uh, you can look it up, but but I got my wedding set as well. And and so the moral of that particular story is what a wonderful mate, 20 years, and my wife is still the same way. Now, that's a true story. She gave up her wedding band set, not once, but twice, for me to live out my dream of being on the weather, you know, whether it be chasing or, or business-wise, because I am weather-related. She did, and... For that, I'll forever, ever be grateful. Now, that's a true story, and I am so thankful for her. No question about it. If you can find a mate out there in this world, 
I firmly believe that there are individuals out there that are meant for you. I think things happen for a reason. We may not understand them. We probably don't. But I do believe in destiny. And I, and I, I think that things happen for a reason. And uh, while I may not understand it, I believe that my my wife came into my life at the right time. And uh, it was just a wonderful, wonderful experience and has been. Now, don't get me wrong. My wife and I, it's not all peaches and you know, sunshine and roses, uh, we are just like anybody else. You know, we'll have arguments or even fights at times. And, uh, you know, we may think differently, but but ultimately the respect level was there. And she's a wonderful person. And uh, uh, she has tolerated me and my thought processes. And I don't know that you could find a better woman or individual than that. If you can find a person out there, a soulmate, what we call, my wife and I call, a split apart, which came from my mother. If you can find your split apart, the person out there that makes you go, hmm, wow, and just grabs you, that person that grabs you inside, that's the person you need to be with. And uh, I was lucky enough to have that be in my life and, and, and was brought in my life and that's where we are today. So, we're going to we're going to conclude episode 1 with that right there with the true story of my wife and what she did for me as regarding weather and chasing. So, with that said, look for episode 2. We're going to try to do at least one a week, folks of meteorologists and dog. In the meantime, short term, everybody watch the weather this particular uh, Friday into the weekend. So for some, it'll be on Thursday. So I could basically say roughly, um, you know, the 16th, 17th, and 18th, roughly, would probably be, be the, the days that I would watch. Uh, most particularly for the Oklahoma, Kansas, Missouri area. And again, timing may shift, areas may shift, so just be cognizant and careful of the weather, most particularly if you have to drive. Have that travel kit that we talked about, folks. Have many ways of receiving watches and warnings, and ultimately, uh, if you have an opportunity, download the WeatherBug app or your favorite app. It doesn't have to be that. Just something to have an additional way of receiving weather information could save your life. Very well could save your life. I think I'm going to take Omaha duck hunting uh, tomorrow. If we cannot get out, we may go out and do a little squirrel hunting. As I said, I know some people may not like that, and that's okay. Uh, you you don't, uh, we, we don't, we don't have to like some of the same things. But if you can relate to my thought processes and and, and, and what I'm thinking or saying, or, or even if you like some of the things and, uh, that, that we've discussed, if you like weather, storm chasing, tornadoes, hurricanes, um, or, or even just talking about life in general, go ahead and, uh, and, and, and stay tuned for episode number two. Listen to this and share it accordingly and have your family listen to it. We're going to try to keep it family-oriented, so to speak. Every once in a while, I'm going to lose my language because that's just LFD. That's who I am. I'm Lanny Dean, and that's who I am. I'll try to be very cognizant of that and careful. But 
Uh, I want to close by saying again, these are my thoughts and my thoughts only. Uh, They do not represent or reflect those of my employer. Please understand everybody that uh, these are just strictly my thoughts and my, my feelings, not necessarily those of my employer. That said, I bid everybody a good night, good morning, and a good rest of the week into the weekend. Be safe if you have to be driving. I'm Lanny Dean, and this has been Meteorologist and Dog. Everybody have a good day. Take care, everybody. Thanks for tuning in.